Welcome to the Heart of the Matter podcast, where we talk about scripture, theology, and anything relating to God in a loving conversation. And where we try to get to the heart of the matter. Welcome to the next edition of Heart of the Matter podcast and now videocast. I am your host, Josh Hellman. We appreciate you guys for still listening and watching. If you're out there, uh, please hit the like and share buttons. We are on Facebook. Uh, we have TikTok and I think we are on Instagram as well. Is that true? Yeah, Instagram as well. Uh, we do have Facebook pages where if you guys post something, we always ask if you guys need something for prayer, please post on the Facebook page. We'd love to pray for you guys. Um, doesn't matter what it is. We'll pray for you guys. Um, so yeah, just, uh, hit the like and share button. Um, try to get us blasted all over media so we can be a blessing to more people. Um, but if it's just you, one person that, uh, listen to this and are blessed, then amen. Um, cause that's why we're doing it. So welcome to the show where we try to get to the heart of the matter. And, um, yeah, I'm going to introduce my co-host here, John Vandaloo. What's going on, everybody? How are you doing? I'm doing good. Yeah, you yeah. have a good week. A uh, couple weeks since we last recorded. Yeah, um, yeah, it's been good. I, I've been a little stressed lately, but that's kind of starting to come down a little bit. So, you know, just dealing, you, know, you know, helping a lot of people. Yeah, so, some in, you know more intensive help, um, like spiritually and stuff yeah, like that. yeah, yeah, just like discipling people, helping people, uh, interceding for people. You know, so there's been a lot of that on my plate, and I feel a little stretch. I was just feeling a little stretched, a little thin, and yeah. then hope weekend you know, was busy too. So yeah, that was a, it was an awesome event. Awesome stuff happened there too. Uh, but it was just like coordinating, getting people there, praying for people afterwards and before, you know what I mean? It was just a really tiresome yeah. event. And I think that, you know, everyone on staff at the church probably felt the same way. I know they canceled their Tuesday prayer night. Yeah. And I think it's just like, you know, you just come out of something that big, you're just, whew, need to kick the feet up and stuff. So that's kind of how um, I, I felt this past uh, this past week. Just yeah, I had to go to work at 4.30 in the morning the next day. Oh, yeah. Oh, they, that they must have been real pleasant. Yeah, yeah. They told me that I probably wasn't going to get called off because it wasn't my normal day to work, but then they never did. So then I went in for two hours of work and then got to go home. But I was, I was so dragging, like just tired naturally, you know. But yeah, it was it What was about dragons? Really cool. I yeah. was thinking that too. <laughs> yeah not spiritual dragons natural dragons um no but yeah i was just just one of those days where it's like oh man it was such a good night uh, we got to pray over your brother we got to pray over another guy um we got to see a lot of deliverance happen i guess uh what was it? it was like six or eight people that night it was a saturday night that uh, came to christ a couple people that got baptized yeah um, yeah on the spot my, yeah, my sister-in-law was baptized that night yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, yeah. There were a couple men and women that came up and got healing from uh, past traumas. Yeah, uh, some powerful sexual yeah. abuse and stuff. Yeah, it was powerful stuff. Um, when you, you when you see someone just like you can see when the healing comes in, man, it's just so powerful to see. Yeah, there's a guy just standing there getting prayed over, and then he said, "It's not good enough for you to just." be healed from this you have to forgive the person yeah and he just weep and he just boom. boom just started weeping yeah forgiveness so, is so important yeah. Forget, for i mean i mean pray if you if you have something in your heart that that you still need to forgive someone about man be in prayer about that or seek seek an inner uh inner you know someone who will intercede in prayer for you with you yeah to help you through that because man it is powerful when you let go of those past things. the truth shall set you free yeah mm -hmm. yeah no it was it was i was excited that i actually got mm -hmm. to be a part of it this time because hearing you know we did the review for the last one they did so i was excited and then i ended up getting sick like the day before like it or the day of it happening and i was like no -uh, satan not not this weekend i'm gonna go to one and um so it was, it was really good to get there. I want to go on Sunday night, but I, like I said, I, I felt a lot worse. So I want to make sure I was at home with the, the family and stuff. It's hard balancing work right now. As Jenna, I know you know a part of this, but uh, yes, also here today is Jenna Holo now, formerly known as Jenna Call. But uh, how are you doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing really good. It's been... Yeah, a really good weekend since Hope Weekend and a really good week, kind of just normal stuff, but the Lord's doing a lot too in the midst of it. And um, 
Yeah, I'm doing good. Yeah. So for those of you who don't know, I know we've kind of mentioned her name or her relationship to Nelson through John's friendship and everything uh, through the podcast. So, you know, she wanted to come on and we wanted to have her on and we're appreciating her coming on and spending her time. So this is Jenna for any time we've referenced Jenna. Um, at least one of them twice. So So, yeah, we appreciate her coming on. Um, Mark is, what is he's helping out at the, the coffee shop, I believe today, Thursdays. Uh, I'm not sure. Yeah. I think Thursdays is his volunteer day at the, uh, yeah, but he was, he was doing something this morning though. I mean, Mark's getting busy with his support raising and getting ready to go to over to Cambodia. Yeah. Cambodia. Cambodia. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's how it's pronounced too. Cambodia. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, anyway, yeah, he, you can tell he's starting to get busier and it's probably just like the season, right? The season's changing. It's getting warm. It's like, man, we're getting out of our, we live in Wisconsin, you know? (laughs) So it's, we're, we're in hibernation. We're coming out of that deep freeze right now. And we're starting to get a little more active. Like, Oh, we need to pick this, pick things up and start getting active and busy. And well, he even had a prophetic word, I think about a month ago that he told us that he felt like acceleration, like this was going to be a season for, of acceleration for him. And he said that like after he got that, he definitely felt that that was picking up. But he's also intently, I think, seeking after that funding more and more. Um, yeah, he had we had, yeah, we had um, Charles, another guy that actually is yeah, full time over in Cambodia. Mm hmm. Um, for Overland Missions, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, he came to prayer group on Monday. That was a awesome. It was a blessing. Did Mark say specifically if he was going to be working with Charles Chow? I know they Charles don't know because I've I've been to Cambodia for three months, and so so Oder Menche is the province that Charles works in, and I feel yeah, I wanted to ask because I wasn't sure if Mark was going to go and work in Oder Menche with. I, I asked them if they'd be working together, and they they didn't have a clear answer, so. I don't know. Mark is going to be working with Asia, like because he knows everyone. So he's eventually going to be working with everyone. everyone, So, (laughs) like, I I feel like not only Overland, but he's going to have connections with like every missions group that ever goes over to Asia somehow. I know he's talked about like his his kind of like the aim for him for Overland and like what they want from him and stuff. So I'll let him kind of talk about that, but. Yeah, I think there's a bigger picture position for him with Asia and stuff. And, you know, more more, more power to him. Um, if that's what God wants for him, we pray for that to just increase because it sounds definitely like a godly, huge godly thing in effect. So, but on that topic, yes, uh, Mark is a missionary. We know that. But Jenna has also been a missionary for most of your life or a good chunk of your life. Or, <laughs> Um, you've been to like 40 something countries or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Tell us a little bit about yourself, Jenna. Yeah. Um, not most of my life, but I, kind of wanted to go into missions when I was about 13. I was at a kid camp that I prayed to receive Jesus at as a young, youngin at this Baptist church camp. And, um, and I went home and I asked my dad if I could like be a missionary or what he would think about me being a missionary and kind of my dad took kind of the American westernized like mindset towards ministry which is in the natural ministry doesn't make a lot of money so um and my dad is very much like I'd like you to go to college I'd like you to have a better life than me and your mom did from just going to tech and uh get a good job someday and so he was he was saying when I asked him he was saying um I don't think that'd be a great idea, Jenna. Um, I think that it'd be better for you to to seek a mm-hmm. career elsewhere. And so I love and respect my dad. And so that door was kind of shut at that point. And it was around that same time that we stopped going to Lutheran Church. Up to that point, I had been going to Lutheran Church until I was about 14. I got confirmed. And then my dad uh, decided that he didn't want to go anymore. And so... Um, a good period of seven years or so ensued of of no church involvement other than for the first year we tried to skip around and actually the final church that we landed on because we were mm-hmm. kind of searching interdenominationally was harvest time. But by that point, my it was about a year after we stopped going. And so my dad was like, oh, I'm not feeling it. I don't want to go anymore. Yeah. Um, and so 
yeah, seven years and right at the outset of that, within a year of when I first prayed the salvation prayer, uh, there wasn't any discipleship or really any like diving into the word. There wasn't really a whole lot of understanding of the Holy Spirit during that time. So, and I'd always been a very spiritually searching mm-hmm. in, young woman, um, young girl, like since I was coherent, I was very interested in spiritual stuff from whatever movies I'd watch. And so I uh, dove into the library and wouldn't go towards black magic stuff because church said not to. I would go towards the white magic stuff because I was interested and just understanding that stuff and the little tiny bit of spells that I did. I believe the Lord protected me to not do anything bigger and have enough money Mm. to do the crazy stuff, but um, decided um, through experience of nothing supernatural from the spells that I had done that kind of just receded into supernatural things must just be from um, like books and movies and stuff. It was just not real. And so, yeah, those seven years passed. And when I was 20, I had a relationship with a guy that really didn't like Jesus. And I still technically kind of believed in Jesus. I had Lutheran Wiccan on my Facebook Mm. as my like religion or whatever. And, uh, he, uh, but he could still tell that I love, like I believed in Jesus and that I didn't have any problem with the church. And, um, because I cared more about him, I wound up basically denouncing my faith at that point. Mm. And I believe that was like perfect ground for within five months. I was at college and doing a religions 101 class and got me really spiritually interested in every other direction again. Um, and actively denying Jesus while I was doing that because it can't be Jesus after all the really, really sad stuff that they teach you. We were just talking before the podcast about the sad stuff that they teach you in public school about Christianity, at least like from the guise of the naturalness and not actually following Jesus in the church and how that's really affected history badly. Um, Put a footprint on history badly. It's kind of interesting. You uh, have questions and you're seeking, you go to a public institution and somehow come out like far away from Christianity. I think that's a striking uh, statement because it's like, you know, for those people thinking, oh, Christians just think that everyone's against them and stuff. And it's like, well, I mean, how many people do you know go to college and typically get closer to the Christian God or are taught every other religion's okay? You know, right. well, it's because like knowledge, carnal knowledge is like an enemy of the spirit, mm-hmm. you know, to become like a, ch- like, the, you know what I mean? Christianity is like to have childlike faith, to become like a child, mm-hmm. you know? And it's like how drastically different that is from our culture, from the world and just like what you're taught. And yeah, I mean, and not, there's obviously spiritual implications to what's going on yeah. in universities and in and, and school and stuff like that too, when you learn about religions, but man, just like that idea of like, well, of course you're going to, of course you're going to, uh, come away from Christianity and those institutions because you're actually learning knowledge, you know, yeah. and once you learn knowledge, Christianity knowledge. drifts. Yeah. Real <laughs> knowledge. It's like, it's funny too, when you said like, uh, not, I guess it's not funny, but it's just interesting to hear you s- that you had like Lutheran Wiccan mm-hmm. and it's just like, <laughs> it's so man, synchronized it's- of like, I believed in Jesus, but I thought that because Jesus isn't particularly taught as the only way, truth, and life, and we don't really live it that way. It just kind of leaves your other six days of the week open for whatever is what you believe is okay. And yeah, um, I think it's like a we're we're like spiritual vacuums though, like human beings. Yeah, you know, like we want to, you know, if you're in a dry church, you're in a dead church, you're in dead religion. You know, it's something Isaiah always talks about. He's like, there's people that are coming out of 12 hours of astral projection a day and they're, where, where are they going to go when they become Christians? Like, where are they going to go? Who, which, what church is, is living up to that type of spiritual involvement yeah. on um, the good, on the, on the, the Holy Spirit side? Yeah. You know, it's funny that you say that though, because it's just like, cause from there, my religions 101 course, um, got me a, completely launched headlong without realizing it into the new age movement. Basically every aspect you've ever heard of the new age movement. I had no idea what the new age movement was, but I was involved in it because of the rabbit trail of, you know, the algorithm of YouTube. If you ask one question, it's going to lead you to where you want to 
have your answer like taken, especially considering during that time I was smoking marijuana. So I was like highly like under the influence of like spiritual voices, like being like, you should ask this question. And then it were, oh my gosh, there's a YouTube video. The universe is leading mm -hmm. me. I was very like also weird that you're saying that you're open to the demonic voices at this point in your life with the substances and then Google leads well, you to where the demonic voices. Way. Yeah. Well, well, yeah, but I'm saying it's it's interesting that the demonic voices can can do a better Google search than when I type in a Google search and I find all these things I don't want to see. Yeah. But that the demonic voices would lead you almost exactly to where they would want you to see. So, yeah, yeah, you really are, we really are like I mean in the most unobtrusive or like, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Unoffensive way that I can say it. We're really, we really are sheep. Like people, people follow where they're led. People are influenced. People are being pulled forward by just like something that has been here before. Like people, like our parents, like our, mm -hmm. um, our peers, like the people that we're supposed to trust and like, um, and ultimately the internet, if you, and I was very, very trusting at that point, I was just trying to figure it all out. Um, and trying to, you know, like any, any witness that was gonna show me in that direction, like, and if it was like more than one person affirmed it, I was like, well, those people's affirmation is valid, like at some capacity, yeah. especially when there's so many, like aliens, like I was very interested in aliens and it's like well over 200,000 sightings of aliens. So it was like, can't deny 200,000 people's witness, you know, mm -hmm. kind of stuff like that, that I was very interested in. But, um, back on what you were saying, um, in the area of, oh, I forgot what you were even saying. I was going to answer your like spiritual you, vacuums, Lutheran Wiccan, yeah, like where people Ast are gonna 12 go. hours of astral yeah. projection. Yeah. Yeah. So ultimately <clears throat> by the time I got done with it, it was so spiritually charged and the Lord led me all the way through it in such a way where it was so, it had begun, it had become so like everything that I was doing, I knew was like the universe leading me and it was very spiritual and all I wanted was spirituality in every direction possible. And uh, so by the time I had gotten through it and the Lord delivered me from it by ultimately like showing me that the devil was real mm -hmm. and showing me at that point, I believe that the world was going to end because of 2015 having the four blood moons and stuff like that. Um, we could go back into that, but um, ultimately uh, I went again on the internet for like, just like a church that lined up with what the Lord had revealed to me. And it was like a chart that I found that said, um, I believe every word in the, like you just, yes or no questions all the way down mm -hmm. this chart of, mm -hmm. I believe that the Bible is true. Like to the nth degree, I believe that therefore the new Testament things are for today. Therefore I must believe in something such as spiritual gifts. Therefore I must believe in something such as speaking in tongues. And there was one more question and it was, it said, your denomination is assemblies of God. And I knew that I didn't, I knew that I couldn't go back to Lutheran church because I hadn't experienced anything particularly spiritual there. So I was just not in a place where I wanted to go back into that at that point. Um, but that ultimately first assemblies of God that you, that you type up was harvest time. And at that point, like just any kind of awareness to like the supernatural realm for me personally, I'm not saying this is everybody, especially your people like Dennis and like that have come out mm -hmm. of the crazy drug trips and have seen like astral projection and all of those things, like it might not be enough for them. But for me, it was like, I just was so happy that other people had any acknowledgement yeah. to the spiritual realm that I wasn't alone in that, that it was, and the further that I walked, the more, the more friends that I made, that it made sense that they like were at least in the beginning functionings of having like sight in the spiritual realm, yeah. which we all are. I, I think that harvest time actually does a pretty good job of that. I mean, like we, we're like minded, oh, yeah. like, I feel like there's still a cusp of revival that, you know, everyone's pressing in for, like we all are yep. past. Mm -hmm. I know the pastors, you know, I know pastor Kim is Carl, Adam, you know, like just yeah. the, the other congregations too. Um, but you know, that's the place where you want to be. You know, it's like, we don't all have it all, you know, we don't have it all together. You know, we're, we're seeking, and growing. Um, and growing and there's going to be i think there's going to be rapid growth rapid you know more intense seeking yeah. um 
Well, they, no, it's funny. Introduced my the discipleship, the huge like push towards discipleship this past Sunday. Yeah. So that's going to be really exciting to see what they're going to do with that. Yeah. I think uh, it's funny. My wife waited on a table. Um, she it was. Uh, I don't know how the conversation went on, but they were believers, and uh, she was talking about like you know Christian things. They're like, you sound like someone from Harvest Time. <laughs> Do you, do you go That's to Harvest crazy. Time? She's like, yeah, I do. Yeah. Were they from Harvest Time or no. just they? Mm, that's kind of crazy. Kind of interesting, yeah. It wasn't oh. like it wasn't like it wasn't like derogatory or bad or anything like that. I was like, how do they just guess that by the way you um, talk? It's kind of crazy. Unless they're familiar with Kim or something, and we just kind of we sound like him a little bit, maybe. <laughs> I feel like that. <laughs> I don't know. You know, I don't know. I feel like that has to point to there is something there. You know, we've had a missionary come and say like in the church that like he can't always say that the presence of God is in that church. But like when he was at harvest time, he's like, I can tell walking in here that God is here Mm -hmm. and it may not be manifesting in the ways that maybe it is right now at Oasis or in other places. But I think that desire to literally want to get closer to God, that's where we should be at church. And if God shows up in that way and uses your church as that revival stone, like then amen. But if there's another church being used as that, then le- how can we support them, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, you know, yeah. I, I Yeah, I fear that a lot of people will, you know, I already, I've talked to a few people, you know, they wanted to jump ship to go to Oasis, to go to where the fire is burning. But it's like, but the fire is at harvest time too. Yeah. And, and if you and feel it, like... Just, yeah, we've talked about yeah. it. Just if you feel like the fire is lacking at harvest time, like what's to stop you from being the, the change in the yeah. fire? Be, yeah, the, be, the, hands and, yeah. be the hands and feet of the Lord yeah. there. You be know, that kindling that's, you yeah. know, a part. Th- I mean, obviously, God is the fire, right? Yeah. We're just yeah. supposed to be the wood ready for but it's being like, set on it's fire. It's like our obedience, though. You know, it's like the Holy Spirit's mm-hmm. in all of us, but like our obedience is leading. It's like, okay, where can I where can I sacrifice in my life to be a, a even more pleasing aroma? Well, obviously we're always a pleasing aroma, right? Mm-hmm. But like, but if you want to be used, if you want to see the anointing being, you know, we do have to come under that obedience. We have to, yep. we just have to, yep. you know? Yeah. It's, it's that, you know, to those who have more faith, more is given, right? So it's like, you can see more, the more faith that you're, you're, you know, I guess I shouldn't say that in every situation because it's like, you know, John the Baptist had great faith. He was a forerunner. And I was just reading in John where it says, you know, like John didn't do any miracles in the sense of like what Jesus did, mm-hmm. like healing the blind and stuff. Like he went his whole life without doing a miracle, but he still believed in the coming of Jesus. He still believed in that. And it's like, that's reassuring to, I think, some of us who maybe He was doubting in prison. Well, he, yeah. was, he was not not necessarily doubting, but he was still trying to like reassure who Christ was too, even though he already had confirmation. So it's like, I mean, it's really easy to look at, we've had these conversations too. We've talked about Mm -hmm. this. It's really easy to look at biblical figures and, and put them on a pedestal. Mm -hmm. And it's like, man, like, you know, there's even, there was this like famous TikTok of like this guy or, you know, like a viral one. And Mm -hmm. he like bumps into Moses or something like that and like and he's like oh my gosh like I'm so sorry yeah. it's like you need to have the mindset that he's going to have that reaction when he bumps into you mm-hmm. yeah because because it's it's all God right it's yeah. we cast right. our crowns to him mm-hmm. um yeah. and we all have you know well my, uh, we were reading like the this um the parable of the talents this morning me and my wife and you know it's like he, he gives some two talents because you've been faithful over little here, you've been given much. Mm-hmm. Well done, good and faithful servant. Yeah. It's like the woman that throws the two pennies into the, into the dish gave more than the rich man who gave from his wealth. It's like we have to remember these things instead of looking at human, humanistic or carnal figures, mm-hmm. right? Because that's we we do this. Mm-hmm. I'm not worthy because I'm not doing as much as this person over here, or I'm not, I'm not as important to God because I'm not doing this A, B, C, D, whatever yeah. it is, you know? And it's, it's just, we're looking at it the wrong way. Well, I, you know, maybe this is where we should transition into our topic. Cause I do think that, you know, speaking of biblical figures, you know, this is what the Jews around the time of Christ did, right? They said like, 
who is this guy who thinks he's greater than Abraham, who thinks he's greater than Moses, who thinks he's greater than, you know, Joshua, these forefathers, the, the, the tenants of their faith, these, these um, pins, these girders of their faith. And he is like, you know, don't you believe that the one who sent Abraham and these guys or the one who is going to be sent is like greater than these? He's like, I am he, you know, and this is John is replete with this showing his deity um, that in the beginning was the word and the word was God and everything. So um, if you have been listening, we have been uh, just started justification. I know last episode we got onto a prayer special because we just felt God was kind of leaning into that. Um, but we're going to continue in our Justification Identity of Christ series. Um, and so with that, I think it's a good lead-in for this Roman scripture that we're going to read um, talking about justification, because I think what you're talking about, like that God gives each their, I don't want to say their due, because obviously there's grace and mercy, and our due is sin, right? Romans talks about that, how we've earned death. The wages of sin is death. So Romans road, but we have been justified in Christ if we believe on him. And so with that, we'll read Romans uh, chapter four, verses two, two through five here. For if Abraham was justified by works, he has something to boast about, but not before God. For what does the scripture say? Abraham believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness. Now to the one who works, his wages are not counted as a gift, but as his due. And to the one who does not work, but believes in him who justifies the ungodly, his faith is counted as righteousness. And I believe that's a lot to unpack. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but this, you know, again, we're talking about here that God has given us talents. God has given us um, these giftings. And we're talking about churches seeing like miracles happen in certain times. You know, God chooses sometimes who he wants to use for a reason there was some reason he chose Abraham. There's some reason he chose Israel. He could have chosen any other group, but he said, no, I'm choosing you. I think the chosen in their episode where they show, uh, I think it's Abraham and they're out building their little tents. They just moved into the land and the sky comes up to him and he's like, you know, talking to them, asking them who they are, where they're coming from and everything. And they're like trying to find water, right? Jacob. Yeah, 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 it was Jacob. And he's like digging for water. And he's like telling them all these things that's happened. And he's like, well, what's happening? He's like, well, my people were enslaved. I did this. I did this. Like all these horrible things have happened to him. And he's like, oh, what kind of God do you serve that he's allowed all this stuff? Culture, right? Why would a good and loving God let all this thing happen? And then uh, they strike water and he's like, no, you don't get it. He chose us. Yeah. He chose us. It's so us. powerful. To, yeah, he's like, why are you even digging? There's no water here. The river runs over the mountain yeah. over there. And it's like, <laughs> yeah. well, my God told me to, to do this here. Yeah. You know? So this is, and I, and I feel like that's that predestination. That's, that's the view of predestination, I think, is like God chose us. He chose everyone to come to him. And that's why he died for all, that all may be saved through him because he's the first. However, not all choose that. So here it's saying that like your works, again, Romans is, he says this countless times that basically your works deserve your works earnings, which is death, which is not life, which is not Christ, because we are born in the family of Satan. So saying here, we can't boast in our works because our works are apart from Christ. Our works literally are working us away from Christ. So we can never earn Christ. So when Paul says that you've been put under the law again, working your own salvation, well, that leads to destruction. Because we literally, from our first action, are saying, God, no, I know better. I'm not worshiping you. I'm going to choose this direction. So we can't boast in that. But if we listen to God and we do the works of God, that can be counted to us as righteousness. It's like just being obedient to him. Like, what does he want us to do? Yeah. Again, he chose me. So I'm, am I going to follow him or am I going to work and do my own thing? You know, because like you can spend your whole life. I mean, you know, depart from me. I never knew you. That, that Matthew, Matthew 7, you know, all these works, all these works that we're doing. That's not what saves us. It's not our works. And it's so easy to get, I mean, it, it, I think it happens to all of us, right? I mean, it literally probably hap- 
to most Christians where we get into little seasons, maybe, you know, where we're starting to work a little bit for the Lord. And it can be this dangerous path, you know, where, well, it's like, I'm doing all these things, even in my ministry, you know, too, it's like, I'm doing all these things with the Lord, man. I, I experience the Holy Spirit profoundly, Mm -hmm. but if I don't spend time with the Lord one-on-one alone in the secret place to see what he has for me, it's draining. It's so draining. And the enemy exploits that, you know, and eventually you get into almost like you, you get, you know, it's like your armor. You're, you're not wearing your Ephesians 6 armor. You're not wearing your armor when you're doing that because where does the armor come from? You know, the helmet of salvation. It's Christ. The righteousness is Christ. The belt of truth is Christ. The gospel. And it's an active put on that, yeah. the, that Ephesians, does, Ephesians does quote is that like, yeah, that it's an engagement and an action that we each do to actually put on our helmet of salvation and say, because the word of God says that I'm saved, that means that I'm saved. And Mm -hmm. there's nothing that can come against that. Yeah. And uh, to each day, um, or as often as humanely possible to do that, because if we're not, it's easy to forget and to lay it down and to get complacent in, in the truth that we're, that we're professing to walk in. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I can I can account or attest to that, like uh, the whole grace versus works, you know, like, God, am I saved? Because, you you know, obviously there's a lot of people who come to Christ out of fear of eternal damnation, right? Like, man, I don't want to burn up in hell. Like, I don't want to be eternally separated from God. Mm -hmm. And so we feel like, okay, God, whatever you want me to do, I'll do like whatever it takes. And so it's like, okay, well, this guy's telling me I need to dress in a suit. This guy's telling me I need to be clean shaven. This guy's telling me, you know, I can't have any tattoos. I got to live this way, that way. And that was ultimately me at that point that the devil was real and the, and the four blood moons was happening was God, whatever it is that I can do. Mm -hmm. Like, I knew that Jesus was the savior and I knew that he was my only way of salvation, but I didn't have the understanding that it's still by his grace through faith alone, not that I could do anything. And that's ultimately the beginning of what launched me onto the foreign mission field. And the Lord worked with that over time, really showing me like the truth of who he is and Mm -hmm. like bringing, you know, like the word says there is no fear in love because fear involves punishment. Yeah, oh, that's the verse on my mind. Yeah, and so, uh, and that's been a continual refinement because it was such a crazy experience, like believing that all of that was happening at that point. And it was so real for me and because of all I'd gone through by just fixating on the evil in the world and fixating yeah. on the on the religions that weren't Christ and um, going my own way and all of those things that it was just like, a really like gradual process, but also a really quick process because the Lord within a couple of weeks after that, um, really came in, in a personal, in a personal way. And like, it was actually like kind of feeding to some of those that like Jesus and secular movies out there. Like the Lord had me in my super fear moment, go and watch the princess bride. Mm. (laughs) And through the movie, I felt like the Lord was saying like, I am like, I'm Wesley and you're Buttercup. And then Wesley died on a torture device and mm-hmm. like came back from the dead by a miracle. And the end credit song was that the main line in it that made me honestly first, like in tears encounter the Holy Spirit was saying, my love is like a storybook story and it's as real as the feelings I feel. And uh, mm-hmm. that was like the moment that like the Lord really like deeply set into my mind and my heart that I was like, part of, if not like individually his bride. And uh, I'd never seen that in the Bible before. And now that I've read the Bible a few different times, yeah. I know I'm not crazy because <laughs> yeah. I was like, I'm not going to tell anybody that for a little while, but I feel very significantly that that's what you said. So yeah. um, he just like, and I feel like that's part of like the fact that it is by grace through faith alone. And like the, um, the verse, uh, the verse that we just read says his wages 
are not counted as a gift, but at, as his due. And so many times salvation and even the gifts of the spirit are referred to as gifts. And kids don't work for gifts on Christmas. I mean, maybe like if we're still in the Santa Claus model, like parents might withhold a little bit more gifts mm-hmm. from the kids if they did something really bad that year or something. But yeah, like- yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> but that honestly, like even at the worst of what I ever did, like at least for me, my parents... They might have chastened me on the spot, but that didn't mean that Christmas presents weren't coming. And so like, mm. it's kind of like as a kid and entering the kingdom like a child, like just to be like, I believe that my parents love me and I believe there's going to be gifts under the Christmas tree when I run down at the, at like yeah. Christmas morning. So, yeah, but just, yeah, the gifts are, yeah, the way that he encounters us and the way that the spirit like really is you know, like really seeking and searching and like, um, just always pursuing us and always wanting to encounter our hearts. Like despite the crazy crap that we get ourselves in, like the crazy dark rabbit trails that our lives get, get us into. Like, I feel like he's always like throughout our lives, giving us these opportunities to say like, Hey, I'm here. Like in the, in the worst of your grandma getting cancer and you go and like, or my grandpa, um, he, uh, had like spinal fluid, like pooling up on his brain and it was making him like go and go completely mm-hmm. motionless in like the right side of his body. And he wasn't able to talk. And the doctor had tears in his eyes saying that he wasn't going to make it for more than two more months, like either option of surgery that we had. And so my dad starts calling in all of our family members. Like it's the last time that they might ever be able to see mm-hmm. grandpa because he's going to go in for this last possible surgery that might take him right here. Um, cause it was the fourth one of that mm-hmm. year. Um, and, uh, we, uh, I was just like, we haven't even prayed for him. Let's go in and surround him and lay hands on him and pray for him. My dad had never done anything like that, but he heard about in Africa that that's what mm-hmm. we would do is we lay hands on the sick and we'd see them healed. Um, and we do that here, but that was at that point, like the greater amount that I had seen it was in Africa. Um, and so we laid hands on grandpa and it was like almost immediate that he like smiled from ear to Mm. ear and he started moving and his recovery was a little bit like more progressive, but it was about a month and he's still alive. This is three years ago and he is completely alive. And so, I mean, just like I say that to place out like the example of that, like, Like that was an invitation, whether my dad saw it or not, like into, you know, like the greater things that God has for him. Mm -hmm. And honestly, my dad has come a lot closer, like especially since John, you were at my wedding and he's had a lot of a lot of really awesome, like continual just pursuit stuff that the Lord's done. But from that point, that wasn't the moment that it was just like, wake up, like, you know, it was, it's still been this very gradual journey. I feel like a lot of Americans go through that, but I feel like the Lord is like, it's a gift. It's here for you. And like our faith to like glomp onto that and actually like, you know, reciprocate, like Mm -hmm. does ultimately like have maybe some equivalent for how much like we are able to just like really experience and know God personally because we actually like have that reciprocation of faith but that doesn't mean that it's not still a gift and it's not still being placed in front of so many people yeah yeah it's like it's like going from like justification the gift of salvation to like yeah you have to hold out your arms you have to open the gift and receive right you have to receive the gift Mm -hmm. you can't you can't just bury it. Right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like the the, the, the the parable of the talents, you know, the, the slothful servant who just buried his talent, buried his gift. And you're not you're, forced. You're Jesus stands at the door and knocks and he's waiting, but you're not, you're not under compulsion to open the door. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then like once you're in, when you're we talk about gifts, it just makes me think of like spiritual gifts. And we we're talking about this too. It's like, if you want to see... If you want to receive spiritual gifts, like the Lord has gifts. And I believe that it's every Christian could have any gift at any given time. And I think that's what Paul was talking about. I know we've had these conversations, you know, there's nine spiritual gifts. You might have one where you step out more in, but they all come from the Holy Spirit, you know? Mm -hmm. So like the Holy Spirit is fully in you, Mm -hmm. Um, but you're not going to see those gifts if you don't, if you don't extend and, and, and receive them. 
Um, and how do you receive them? You're not going to receive them just watching like nine hours of Netflix. Mm-hmm. Hey. You know, like you got to be out on the hey. mission field. <laughs> like it's one of the ways, you know what I mean? Like you we might just watched all twenty four Marvel movies, me and my husband, because he's a crazy movie guy, and I, I don't I watched through it with a lens of Jesus and I feel like I gained a lot of faith from certain things about that. But yes, it is just like you can receive faith, but are you gonna like Do when the time comes put it into action? Yeah. 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 Well, that's that it's such a hard line because I, I do think, you know, like the Bible does, like that's what Jesus is saying here is like, look, Abraham believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness. Alone. Now, again, this is, this is before circumcision was a covenant with Abraham. This is before Mosaic Abraham. Law, yeah. yeah. This is before Abraham took his kid up to the mountain. Mm-hmm. Like when Abraham said, yes, God, I will go. The moment he started going up that mountain, it was counted righteousness to him. Not when he put the knife over his kid, Mm -hmm. but when he heard God and said, yeah, God, you're choosing me. Yeah, I'll do it. And so that's what's counted as righteousness Mm -hmm. to him. Abraham was going about his life just fine on his own, or I shouldn't say just fine. He was going about his life on his own. And here comes the almighty God who created him and says, hey, I need you to do something. And he's like, oh, cool. Sure. Like now he's probably experienced from his great granddad, Adam and all that stuff. You know, life was a little bit different back then. So he probably had a four, five, six generations of people before him that like, I mean, did he know Noah? I can't remember. I, I don't know what the life yeah. cycles were back then, but so. going he, back, yeah, go he might've walked like with Noah at one point. I don't know. I, I, I'd have to go look through the genealogies again, but it, to me, that's crazy because like we we always want to put it in our American mindset with like I know we've talked about the um, the 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 sinner's prayer and stuff like that, and I don't think that's a, a terrible tool. But when we're so focused on numbers, we're so focused on the metrics of things, and it's easy with a podcast to do that. I always check views, I always check listens because I want to be like God. How effective am I being for your kingdom? And it's like God saying, No, 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 relax. He's like, I led this podcast to you. I led this vision that I gave to you. Like I'm bringing you the people. I'm I'm br- I brought you your wife. I brought you your friends. I brought you all this stuff. Like I will do the work. This will get to the right people at the right time that need to hear it. Yeah, I think it's like a it's a it's definitely a mindset thing because there's nothing wrong with laboring. You know, there's nothing wrong with working. There's nothing wrong with Adam like did before the fall. He was put in the garden and he was told like, to take care of yep. it, yes. do things, yep. be a good steward. You know, there's nothing wrong with like you know, key for all the work that you're doing here behind the scenes, you know, like you're, you're seeing us on Amen. camera, but like, but there's a lot of stuff going on just on the other side of these cameras. By the way, um, wait, Kiefer Strassman's in house. I didn't introduce yeah, Kiefer, him. So. Oh yeah. Kiefer. <laughs> How's it going? <laughs> well, happy St. Patty's day. And, yep. and the green and- yeah. This is our St. Patty's day special. I forgot to say that. So yeah. it'll, this will air the we week. We didn't do, after. we didn't do like the history of St. Patrick though. Oh, I just like, so just good, like epic, though, you, you know, yeah. I butchered the intro. I have, yeah, I had this whole epic thing. I was going to say all oh, like, yeah. the true meaning of St. Patrick. Well, I know this isn't being released on. You won't see this until like a week after yeah. St. Patty's Day. But yeah, it is. Still March is still green. I'm going to have to go get a shamrock yep. shake after this. I was this. just going to say you could get your shamrock <laughs> yeah, I shake. I got my shamrock shake. Well, um, we have Ramones and that their uh, mint shakes are 10 times better than mcdonald's i think though like going back though staying on conversation before i like lose it (laughs) before i lose it is just that like there's nothing wrong with laboring but like when when once the laboring becomes like this self-righteousness or this like i'm better at being a christian because i'm doing these things Mm -hmm. you lot you're missing it um when you think that oh i'm you know, because what, what I was saying about like all these things, like there's nothing wrong with just like holding a phone up and you know what I mean? Doing a podcast that way. Like I was I did a podcast that way before in the past. Literally my phone in my car, you know, perfectly fine. I don't know why you I know? was thinking of an old style phone and you talking into it. Like when you said that I had a picture of like you just like a dial up phone going like you speaking about real estate or <laughs> something. Into phone. The phone. <laughs> <laughs> like it's on the wall i gotta stand and like no but but just like you know it, it's so easy to get um deterred in that way where you just start you you just start missing you start missing what the lord's doing um and that just becomes shaky grounds like building your house on this on on 
the sand, you know, yeah. instead of on the foundation of what God's doing. And I mean, anytime we talk about Abraham too, and this is not necessarily on that subject of works, but just like how good God is, the covenant that God did with Abraham, like when, when they used to do covenants, this is what Pastor Kim was preaching on not that long ago, but they would take an animal and they'd split it in half and the two tribes, the two sides, the two powers that be, you know, they would walk through the blood of that animal and they would exchange what wasn't it like the covenant on a tablet. And they would, so they would exchange it basically and take that tablet back to like their God essentially. So like the pagan tribes, they would do this, you know, it was, everyone was doing it in the world at this time, like the vassal and the, oh, what's the leading power? Um, I can't remember. There's like the power player, the person that can mm-hmm. protect like Egypt and then the vassal. So like people that would trade with, with Egypt, come to battle with them if they need be, um, basically fall in line. Like, oh, if they're going to protect us and they're going to they're going to send us our trade, you know, that that's what a vassal is. But anyway, so these two try, you know, they would go through the blood and that would signify like if I don't honor my side of the contract, if I don't honor my my part of the covenant, you can split me in half and dance in my blood, essentially. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, when God did this covenant with Abraham, he put Abraham into a deep sleep. And then God walked through the blood. So I just find that so interesting that God's like, no, I'm not even going to make you walk through the blood. Cause like Abraham, if you're wide awake, you're probably going to insist that you're going to, you're going to do it. I'm going to make sure you're sleeping and I'm going to walk through the blood. So basically God is saying, if I don't hold myself to this contract, to this covenant, you can split me in half and dance in my blood. Mm-hmm. But he didn't make Abraham go through it. Yeah. So like Abraham, if you fail on your side of it, I'm not going to split you in half. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to hold you up to that part of the bargain because you're incapable of doing that. Yeah. And it's like, we have to remember that about God. That his covenant only hinges on him and not on us. Yeah. So. Yep. I was going to say, yeah, that, I mean, I think the main reason he did it is because it's like, yeah, it's not the works that you did. I'm the one who set this up. I'm the one who set the surrounding circumstances for it. All you have to do is obey, but guess what? That's the co-laboring, right? The, the picture of the council. Let us make man in our own image, and God creates man. It's the obedience of the angels, right? Like the obedient angels got to deal with the amazingness of God still. The disobedience ones now are going to be... Uh, again, it's the spiritual picture, right? Yeah. The physical picture of what's going on in the spiritual realm. Mm-hmm. And so now you've got like, hey, Abraham, like like you're saying, like, I'm going to do everything. I've set it up. Now, look, like I've chosen you and you don't even have to walk through it. I'm going to die on the cross for you, Christian. You don't have to do anything except believe. And it's like, obviously, belief. Has an outworking. It's like a butterfly effect. Mm -hmm. Yes. The moment that it happens there, like if, if I believe in evolution or not, I'm going to defend evolution or not. Like, and the same way with, with the word of God. If I believe with my heart that what God says is true, my whole life is going to reflect that supernaturally, naturally. Mm -hmm. If it's from my heart that God has revealed to me his will and his and his heart for me that's going to affect my life. I think that like part of it is like imagine if so like the gospel means good news, right? It's like if you if you know that you have a vaccine for cancer, let's just like you have a cure for cancer, you know you have it. You believe. Mm-hmm. I believe and I've seen it work on me. Are you going to put that in your freezer at home and never share with a single person? Or because you believe this is real, this works, this is a thing, it's real, you're going to share it with people, Mm -hmm. right? And it's like this outward expression. It's like people are going to reject it. People might not believe me. That's fine. But like belief has some form of an outward expression. It just does. And God's patient. You know, God's timing is patient. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that it has to do with the real effect of like, do we really fully like, have we sat and really received what God has done for us and like sat in his presence and really like let the, 
the working of the astronomical outside of anything that a person can comprehend thing that the that the cross was for us that we don't have to be split in half and that we get to you know like hold a christian podcast about the god of gods and lord of lords and king of kings that loves us and share it and share his message with people and it's like it's like our heart just like overflows and burns to do that when you have spent and when the lord has revealed that to your heart yeah. You know. yeah, that's what I was kind of getting at earlier is that, you know, kind of when we started this was that like we, we tend to make it so much about ourselves and like what we do and like, so we don't want to go to hell. So we want to be pleasing. We wanna, and I've mm-hmm. prayed that so many times when I was younger in my Christian days, God, I want to be a pleasing aroma to you. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be, I don't want to be spewed out of your mouth. You know, these things just terrified me mm-hmm. and they're still there. It's still a battle I have, but especially, like I said, going through this identity in Christ and understanding Paul saying, no, 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 you don't understand. You don't have to fear God in that way because God loves you. He went to the cross for you. Mm -hmm. He went and battled your fear and put that up on the cross so that you could rest in his love. Yeah. He's still wrathful. He's still vengeful because that's, that's part of love is you cannot deal with sin. And so, but if I rest and surrender in God and who he is and what he has for me, my life will reflect him more. I think it's just, it's such a humbling thing. You know, it's just like, I am wicked. What? I am wicked. I'm a wicked person. You know, I was, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, that's like I was gonna say you're a new creation. You are not wicked. No, but I'm I'm just saying that like (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I I know yeah, yeah. 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 I put that out there, you know what I mean? But like but we all are like that. You know, it's like every human being on earth has that, you know ability to sin. Yeah, the ability to sin and just that that wickedness in the heart and that that we need to die to and we have the power to overcome and to die to mm-hmm. in Christ you know what i mean but sometimes that stuff does resurface you know and 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 the enemy wants to drag you down in that way right where yeah. n- now it's something you need to do and the lord doesn't love you the lord mm-hmm. doesn't see you that way anymore and it's like that's just not the case yeah. but but just that reassurance in your faith is that God says that he will exalt the humble. Mm-hmm. You know it's like the the tax collector and the pharisee the pharisee's living all this perfect way right but the tax collector is beating his chest, doesn't even look up to the sky. You know what I mean? He's just sitting there like, I'm a wicked sinner. And God's like, this man walked away justified. Yeah. And it's it's just like God desires, I mean, you know, well, it's Psalm 51. Uh, yeah, Psalm 51, you know, broken, contrite heart. Mm-hmm. You know, if I had a sacrifice, I surely would give. But that's not what you desire. You desire is a broken heart. For our sin, for like the part of us that can't go to heaven, right? The part Mm -hmm. of us that loves the world, the part of us that we need to die to, that doesn't belong to the new creation. Why why doesn't he desire a sacrifice? Because he's already provided himself as a sacrifice (sighs) to us, right? Yeah. Like all he wants, it's so crazy. All he wants is a broken and contrite heart, like us to... Be a part of his love. It's yeah. to take to a part of him. his love. Yeah. 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 And if it's you like, don't know that, like, I mean, if we're talking about justified or talking, we could talk about like a court system and mm-hmm. uh, how uh, Jesus is our defending lawyer while the, like, while the, while the devil is standing there and trying to accuse us all day mm-hmm. long versus what the cross has done. And it's yeah. like, if you if you don't know his love, it's a lot easier for you to stand and like believe what the accuser is saying versus what the defender has already done for you and the what he's always doing for you because of his power yeah. on the cross. And so if like just from a place of receiving his receiving what he's done and like getting to know him more, therein lies. I mean, my people perish for lack of knowledge. My people perish for lack of knowledge of who of the rightness of who God is, mm-hmm. like the truth of who God is in his eternal splendor, holiness, glory, goodness, beauty, like that he would defend us despite that we actually don't deserve it. Yeah. 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 
Well, that, yeah, it, it's but such like, a hard but thing. someone to be forgiven yeah. much though, like that was kind of the point where I was given. Like when you're forgiven much, it's like you're able to forgive much. Yeah. When you've been loved much, you able to you're able to love more, and it's like and and that's like where that posture is and that brokenness, right? It's just like God, you know, it is all because of you, because. I, I, it's like, I can't do it. You know, it's like he who says he's without sin is a liar. You know, it's just like, it's that place of coming in where it's all about you. It's only your work. It's only your work. And it's like understanding that love. And it, and it's like, you know, we, it's easy to get into those, you know, those seasons or those stages or where people backslide, you know, and I've, I'm like a double prodigal, you know? So like, it's just those things where you feel like, You know, it, it, you, the enemy could dance around you and kind of like get, you give you those accusations, like the courtroom, like you said, like you start to believe those accusations, but it's like, nah, no, God's love is so deep. God does love me. And it's like, and it's with that broken spirit of just admitting, you know, confessing, like God is faithful and just to forgive mm-hmm. you of your sins. Mm-hmm. Um, and to remember that that record of sin, past, present and future is nailed to the cross. Yeah. 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 There and goes back all the way to the full armor of God. It's like the full armor of God is the word of God. Like, yeah. you know, like to know that you're saved is to know that these scriptures say that by the blood of Jesus and by the character of God, like you are saved and your righteousness yeah. is because of his righteousness that he protects your heart and his truth is his word and it's your belt. It, it, protects mm-hmm. your loins like he, the gospel of peace has been bought and paid for and overflowing from your very being as you walk out into the world Amen. and uh, um the shield of faith and just the word of god and just who he is and yeah. the uh, and the sword of the spirit like being on the offensive on the attack of when mm-hmm. you say accuser that i have some kind of debt or some kind of offense that i stand in that is not paid for i i stand in offense back at you and say, no, in the name of Jesus, what the word of God says is that my debt has been nailed to the cross and it all just boils back down to who he is and what his word says. I, um, you know, the word justified when we talked about it the last time, you know, it, it basically means to be made right. So like if we reread this with that understanding, if Abraham was made right by his works, he has something to boast about, but not before God. So he was counted it was counted to him as righteousness because he believed God. And so that would probably be, I think, the main thrust of what we're trying to get at here with the justification. You know, Paul says that we have been justified. We're no longer condemned. Mm-hmm. We're justified. Why? Not because of our works, not because of what anything we've done, but because of God, I think, what he did. I think it like really parallels to the verse, like for all, all fall short mm-hmm. of the glory of God. Mm-hmm. And it's like we can... You know, and I guess this is kind of like a definitely a theme that we've been talking about, but just that idea of, you know, it, it says like, it, you know, for if Abraham was justified by works, he has something to boast about. Yeah. And it's like we get into the comparison game. You know, it's really easy to get into this comparing, comparing our lives to others, comparing our lives to this Christian that we perceive as a better Christian than us, or Francis we Chan, perceive as Billy a better, Graham. yeah, these idols are even in the Bible too. And it's funny, you know, you talk about John the Baptist, like, well, he didn't even see a mirror, you know, like... You know, was that a fault of his or did he just do exactly what the Lord wanted him to do? Yeah. Yeah. And so we could get into this comparison game. We can sit here and dig theologically and to get into like the bulk of like, well, you know, John the Baptist had flaws. And it's like, because I want to feel better about myself because, well, even John the Baptist had yeah. flaws, you know, like even Moses had flaws. And it's like we try to throw this comparison out, which, you know, can boost us up a little bit. But it's mm-hmm. like... <laughs> At the end it, of the it's day, like we're they, missing the heart yeah. of the matter. It, we all, we all fall short of the glory of God. All, every. Mm-hmm. But something too, though, that jumped out because I was reading Romans four and five and six, and I actually got into eight. Oh my gosh, <laughs> Romans eight, y'all. Um, go read it if you haven't, because <laughs> it'll change your life. Um, it just like really struck me because like. There's certain passages that I feel like I skim over when like, I mean, in John 17, Mm -hmm. where like Jesus said, I think it's John 17, where he says like, like I like glorify them together with your like me and yourself. Like he says something to that effect of like, 
that he's like glorified us. And in Romans 8 this morning, I noticed because we were talking about justified, it's like, it says, for those he foreknew, he also predestined to become conformed to the image of his son so that he would be the firstborn among many brethren. And these whom he predestined, he also called. And these whom he called, he also justified. And these whom he justified, he also glorified. To say like, because of, that's another like just overflowing, like you wouldn't know it unless if you, like you saw it and like Mm -hmm. the Lord showed it to you of that, like, like, that was his heart all along was to was to show people without him you have no glory but with me you have all the glory you'll ever need for life and godliness and eternity because i have like that's crazy to me like that's hard to receive that god has glorified us you know like in christ yeah. jesus he's literally like with his holy spirit glorified us you know like um, yeah yeah no because he's bringing us to glory. Yeah. No, yeah. And that's no, so, another thing of like, so oh, people that you don't know that you are, gl- that Christ has glorified you and you have no glory in your own it's, life and in your sin and in the death that comes from it. And It's so crazy that people reject that. Yeah. It's sad. You know, it's heartbreaking. And it's like all in pursuit of me, myself, mm-hmm. as like, I don't want to submit. My own kingdom. Yeah, well, and it's just like your kingdom happen, is, right? it will be ash. It will be nothing. And God's kingdom is forever and eternal, and it's beyond imagination, beyond imagination. Mm-hmm. God's evil, and, though, right? Because, like, these things happen, but it's like, man, he's the hope. Mm-hmm. He is the hope. Okay. Like, if you're putting your stock in this world, take God out of it, and you've got it already. That's what you get. You're going to get more of that. But man, God is the hope. Well, it's like, why is hell so bad? It's a place where none of God exists. Nope. Right. It's like there's there you you gasp for air because God is God gives you breath. Mm-hmm. You know, you desire thirst because God is what God gives life and water. Yeah. God is the bread of life. He's food. I mean, he, God is love. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, the, you're not gonna, like so. Hell is like the absence of everything that God is. And it's like, why why did God make hell so so terrible? It's like. He's just not there. That's what makes it terrible. The spirits. That's re- what makes it terrible. The spirits are refining fire. So those who have been refined through Christ's death and resurrection don't need to go through the refining process. Those who are not of God have to be refined. Yeah, it's like we've God, been. We've already. They have to be destroyed. Christ has already stripped us of all that. But uh, but yeah, yeah. This was Ooh. a good episode. Uh, I feel. Um, I, we want to thank Jenna for coming on and being a part of this. I'm sure we're going to have you on in the future. So, um, we appreciate you and, um, you know, what God's doing through you. And, um, I didn't actually, even get into any of the mission stuff. It yeah. Was like, oh, well, my so, prayer to Jesus. I mean, so we like, maybe in like three minutes or less while we still have you on the seat here, what, what are you kind of doing right now? Where's the Lord kind of leading you? So just kind of like going back into like a little interview mode here. Sure. Oh my gosh. Like what's God got you up to right now? He, uh, Okay, right now, I mean, just in the straight and narrow of the natural, it feels like he's opening a lot of doors toward being um, an occupational chaplain for, like, a workplace. Mm. So uh, I, yeah, randomly ran into Alana Custer's grandma this last week, and she told me that she had stepped down from being a workplace chaplain for Eau Claire Auto Group. And Landon and Kirsten Huey have actually stepped into that with Mm. this same group, this Occupational Chaplaincies of America group and so I've been just kind of going to their first training I'm reading the book it sounds like I just have to sign off and they've got to bring the openness of it sounds like it's really really cool you guys because they said he said the next business that seems like it's going to be the one that opens up is Charter Spectrum in Eau Claire and my mom's got really good connections with Charter Spectrum and so she like gave me this journal that's like pretty thick couple back in 2020 at the very beginning and it's literally like line by line because I'll just like write down like my prayer requests and then I'll like expound in my heart and my mind as I'm talking to God but so I'm only halfway through it, but it says Charter Spectrum right on the front of my prayer journal that I've been using mm. for the last two years because oh, wow. my mom got it at a job fair <laughs> and just stuff that you'd never think like, you know, it's just like it was just a business journal. You know, you yeah. wouldn't have thought that God might have 
completely like decided that that was a direction that he was going to bring. Is that so like when you do when you're an occupational chaplain, how do you get paid? Do you still raise support? No, it sounds like it sounds like we're salaried once a month. Like I think that the business agrees that they'll pay us like a small salary or something. I know something that I like don't like money's taboo in the Christian circles, but yeah, hey, we, it's we not do like have to it's live. It's going to pay you know? super well, but it'll keep gas in my car and yeah, it'll yeah. keep the gospel rolling, not in that order. And my <laughs> my husband works at the same place that Josh does and yeah. he works ridiculous hours right now and makes a good amount of money. So whatever it pays, it pays whatever it pays. It's about seeking first the kingdom yep. of God. Yeah. Righteousness. Yeah, I just want to throw that out there just because, you know what I mean? Raising support it can be tough for missionaries. So. Yeah, and I've done it for two uh, yeah, years. So, so yeah, you know. it's not easy. So you're going over the pond here pretty soon to, to a certain region <laughs> the of the world. Mm-hmm. And, Michigan? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Lake Michigan. Um, no, th- th- there's, um, we need to drive the snakes for Michigan too. So <laughs> Yeah. Um, but yeah, no. Uh, so we're really excited to hear about that. Um, I know we have to be kind of vague with um, certain countries and regions. Um, you know, we have a couple friends um, also going over to areas where it's like, you can't be public necessarily about where you're going, what you're doing. Um, but yeah, we're really excited to uh, see what God is going to continue to work in your life. I know like ever since I've been a part of harvest time, it's kind of odd because you lived above me and my wife in the apartment that we first lived up here and we didn't even know each other until like, probably a couple years later. And then we had a chance meeting with a uh, chance meeting with Shane talking to another guy, um, from our church. And then you happened to come down and I was like, Oh, Hey, I didn't know you lived here. And, uh, so, <laughs> so like, funny. Yeah, it's weird because like I knew about you before I actually knew you in harvest time and, um, getting to know you and stuff has been really cool. So, um, yeah, we appreciate you being here and, um, you know, like I said, we'll have you on, in the future, I'm sure. Yeah. You know, as a guest and everything. So thanks for having me. Yeah. This um, is awesome. You know, yeah, isn't that fun? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Any, again, so to close out, just I hope you guys have been blessed. We believe that you have. If you are watching this, there's a reason you watched it. Um, if you want to reach out to Jen, Jenna, is there anywhere people can reach out to you if they want to? Like, do you have like a blog or anything like that that people? Not really. Okay. I'm, I'm on Facebook. I'm okay. on social media. Get a hold of Josh. I can give I can give my number okay. and my email. We could put it. I don't know. Yeah, we'll probably be able to post it up. Okay, we'll so post just like phone number, but oh yeah, do the Carl words, Malone yeah. and post up. Oh jeez, <laughs> <laughs> no, we'll figure it out. All right. Um, But yeah, thanks for watching. Just um, like I said, Sheriff, it's been a blessing. We appreciate you guys um, listening and we we can't wait to give you guys more content. Um, We've got exciting ideas. But like I said before, it's going to take time. It's going to take money. We're leaning on God for all that stuff. So um, if you like it, enjoy it. Just keep watching and sharing. But uh, be blessed and have a great week. Yeah, God bless. Thank you for listening to today's podcast episode. If you've enjoyed it, please click the like and share buttons on whichever platform you're on. And you can also follow us on Twitter and Facebook. We hope that you had a good time and hope the conversation brought some joy into your life. Have a blessed day and join us next time on the Heart of the Matter podcast.